Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the heart of Manhattan, the Rockefeller Center at Newsstand Studios, joined as usual with uh, John behind me. How you doing? Doing great, thanks. Yeah? Yeah. Doing well? Doing well. Yeah. It's uh, weird. We can't decide what kind of spring it is today. Yeah, it's really strange, but whatever. As long as it's not dripping sweat heat again, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Got uh, Joe Hazen rocking the panels. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I think good, I think. Yeah. You look good. Thanks. Well, it's been a weird, uh, I was taking, uh, you know, my younger son Dax around to look at the colleges that he has to choose between, which is, you know, everyone, you know, it's nice to be able to choose, but then he has to choose. And so I feel like it's a Monday, even though it's a Tuesday. Has that ever happened to you? Mm. No? Never? I have Sunday, uh, Mondays are my Sundays, so today always feels like a Monday. Everyone's work week is so messed up these days, John, yep. that like, I always, when I'm, when I'm seeing someone, I try to gauge the look on their face. Like when I'm at a store, I was like, is today your Friday? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, got, uh, I hear uh, Jackie Molecules over there, I'm assuming, in Los Angeles. Yes, I am in L.A. So. Get this, Jack. So we're at this college place yesterday, right? And, you know, parents, uh-huh. every pa- parents have to ask goofy questions. That's kind of like what you do. And there's always a couple parents who are like, me, 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 me. And so this one person was like, I'm from L.A. How are how are my kids going to be able to handle the weather out here? We're all like every like literally like my entire section was like you don't go home, go home. <laughs> anyway, because <laughs> it was a Northeast college. Yeah, Aww. yeah, yeah. Got uh, Nasta- uh, Nast- Nastasia in. Uh, I'm assuming in um, coastal Connecticut. How you doing? Good. I'm good. It's windy here. Yeah, it was windy down here, but it, like, it, so you know, Nastasia. For those of you that don't know, she's like in this like w- like weird little house, like literally right on the water on the sound, and used to like like wind, I guess, right? But now you hate wind. Yeah, I really hate it. I can't stand it. Yeah, but it's like that's kind of problematic. Yeah, I know. Nastasia's house know. is so windy. I mean, like. So like, I guess it's not like the ocean ocean because it's the Long Island Sound, right? So it's like you do have like that like, you know, little pile of rocks, Long Island, like kind of breaking the breeze coming off of the uh, – but I guess the, the wind for us goes the other way anyway, right? It comes from behind your back. But it's so windy where Nastasia is that like it's kind of a regular thing where someone will call her and be like, hey, your windows are shattered, <laughs> right? I mean like it's just like a regular thing for you. No? Yeah. 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 Also, wind travels many directions. Not one realize that wind comes from like lots of different directions. Where you are, you mean? I mean, like generally where we live, they come from the west. Like overall, overall, overall. What do you mean? That's prevailing westerlies. I'm not making this up. Like that's a thing. But yes, okay. I mean, obviously it can come from any direction at any given time, right? That is that what you mean? Like at any given time, it can switch direction. But where you are, it seems like you can get beaten from any direction. No, but the rest of the world has names for the winds, for the different directional winds. We're the only, like, country that doesn't know our wind names. You mean, like, the prevailing westerlies? <laughs> That's the only one you know. What are the rest of them called? We don't have any here. We have, like, certain things like nor'easters that come in from different directions, but, like, you know, we, we don't, you know, that's, that's what we got. We're kind of a boring joint, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you have? What do you name them over there? Uh, like over there, like a hundred, you know, eighty miles north of me, or whatever. Thirty miles north of me. Oh no, no, n- no! Never mind. <laughs> it's complicated. Okay. Never mind. I like a complicated story. Don't we have the Santa Ana winds over here? I think they, they, that's. And down I mean, south we have El Nino. Yeah, we don't get that. 
No, that's not tropics. I mean, it affects us hugely, but we don't get it. You know what I mean? We're, you know, hey, Connecticut, interesting, geologically very interesting state. Super geologically interesting. Anyway, whatever. Uh, got uh, Quinn in uh, Vancouver on. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. Yeah? Really? You sounded noncommittal? Yeah. Yeah? Really? <laughs> All right. You know, now is your chance to say no, actually. You know? Anyway. Yeah? yeah? Okay. Okay. And, uh, you know, in keeping with uh, the past, uh, it's been a year since we've been doing it, so I don't even need to say it's like a new thing anymore, right, John? Because it's like how we do it now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like to welcome our guest, uh, owner, founder of White Mustache Yogurt, author of Yogurt and Whey, uh, Homa Dashitaki. How you doing? I'm good. Thank I, you. I met you recently uh, at a talk you gave for MOFAD, Museum of Food and Drink, uh, at the Essex Street Market upstairs, which was uh, nice. And I guess was that set up by uh, by Nosley, our uh, fearless uh, yes, it leader was. at uh, yeah, yeah at at uh, part of the part of the kind of uh, Iranian food mafia, as she says her yeah. her words, not mine. Yeah, follow her off a cliff, that woman. Yeah, happily. Yeah, nice. Uh, all right, and then also though, introduce your book because we share an editor. Yes, we do. Yeah, um, Melanie from uh, from uh, Norton. That's so, right. Yeah, she she match made here today, knowing that I had this ingredient, and she finds very eccentric, esoteric homes for me, and this is a perfect one, because I've always loved the cocktail world. Um, yeah, well, this is going to be a little weird, because it's so funny. <sighs> okay, so um, people who know me know me as kind of an a inhuman monster, right, John? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's not that I'm not human, it's that, like... Um, I don't know. How do you put it, Stas? It's like what? I don't. I don't like. Uh, like the feelings don't work or something like this. What is it? Yeah. 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 Uh, and so, uh, in reading your book, we're going to get back to our normal shooting the breeze. But in reading your book, like your book is very much about having feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> And so, like, like a lot of this conversation for me is going to be, like, working around, like, someone who clearly, like, has feelings about things and, like, the way that I think about things. So it should be fun. should be good. Uh, it's not that I don't have feelings. It's just uh, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. So, like, uh, so now is the point of the, a part of the show where we mention if we, anything interesting happened in the past week in the food, usually in the food realm, but not always. Like, I already basically said I went around to, you know, where, you know, Dax was considering going to college. But, you know, I did have good ice cream at UConn, though. You oh, know, good. UConn has very good ice cream. What flavor? I had, so uh, when you're at UConn, uh, I don't know if you have to be in the ag department, mm. but you can take a class in ice cream, right? Which is amazing, right? So, like, to me, like, the, the, the ones that I know of, the great ice cream programs are um, Penn State. Mm-hmm. Yukon and Cornell, mm-hmm. right? As far as I know, I'm sure there are many others. These are the ones only that I know about. I've I've never been to uh, state co- uh, you know, state college, Pennsylvania, so I've never I've never had UK, uh, Penn State's ice cream, even though my grandpa was a Nittany Lion. Anyway, um, but Cornell's ice cream is good. But Yukon's ice cream, like they milk their own cows, they have their own cows, they milk them and they make it, and the seniors get to make a flavor, and so like whatever like the best one of the suggestions is like it's called senior scoop so i got senior scoop it was it was good it was like a almond it was like an like 
an amaretto kind of a flavor with uh, chocolate uh, chunks and uh, some nut. I forget what nut, whether it was more almonds or something better like pistachios. Not that almonds are be- worse than pistachios, you know, but they'd, they'd star, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, it was good. A little too, uh, a little too uh, amaretto for me. Mm. A little too, little too, too much of the extract. But mm. the texture was good. It was good. And I, I like to support a senior flavor. Yeah. So that was no, mine. great. Yeah. Food that's is great. That's yeah. great. So my weird food thing for the week? Sure. Yeah, actually, something super weird did happen to me. Um, I boiled a gallon of milk, and it didn't boil over. Huh. It just sat in the pot, and it gurgled. And the core of me was shook that this, you know, like the whole thing is to worry about that moment. Yeah, for and, yeah. and now I am on a quest to buy a gallon of Every possible type of milk, boil them side by side and try to replicate it and understand why. Okay, and so I'm not even a scientist. I'm I'm almost like repelled by science and food, <laughs> um, which, you know, I know this is difficult. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I was I couldn't believe it. Like I was like, how is this milk not behaving in the way I'm accustomed to milk behaving? And, and so was it a different milk? A different it was a different milk than I normally use, but it was like. Of the caliber, um, and I won't name names until I like do until my until out. I until I can confidently name names. Yeah, um, but uh, I was it was really upsetting. I was like, why isn't this doing what it's supposed to? Let me ask you this: so it's boiling, mm-hmm. right? It didn't it didn't foam up at all. It it just kind of gir- it's like it kind of cappuccino latte a little but that was it it didn't like come up it didn't start rising i don't even understand how that's possible i don't exactly did it, you make yogurt from it i i did and it did yeah, it work it did work so it wasn't like these ultra pasteurized milks that don't work it was it was just baffled i'm just fully baffled yeah, because that's not something, and like you know, yeah. you no, didn't. This is like a spiritual crisis. For you me. didn't have like a bunch of like silicone compounds rolling around. You weren't like it, boiling down like bicycle lubricant in no. that thing that's minute before or something no. like this. No, and I even got access to like a fancy copper pot, so like everything felt very legit, and it didn't happen. Was it in front of a bunch of people, and were you embarrassed? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now I'm here talking about yeah. it to really double down on that. Look, this happens to me. Uh, it doesn't happen to me as much. I, when I, I used to do a lot of like kind of on the road demos, like a lot of them. Mm. And I always love using like local ingredients or whatever. But like o- often, you know, something that you think is always going to happen. Someone hands you an ingredient and you're like, oh, like. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I had a milk problem once, but with, you know, UHT, like, they, uh-huh. they brought me the uh-huh. UHT milk, and I was trying to break it with, uh, uh, like, uh, alcohol and, and acid. I was you know, trying to break it into curds, and it just wouldn't break for a huge group of people, and I was being translated because I, I don't speak Spanish, and oh, it was like, it was, a, it was a nightmare. You know what I mean? Yeah. Another time, also, in front of a Spanish-speaking audience— also being translated, I got these awesome bananas that were, like, really sweet tasting. Mm-hmm. Like, super, like, you know, not the Cavendish like we get. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, these are really ripe. These are going to work no problem because what I do is I blend them into liquor, rum, mm-hmm. and then I put them in a centrifuge and I spit them out. And, the, you know, a Cavendish banana, when it's fully ripe, has no starch in it. These bananas, even though they were delicious, still had starch. And so it wouldn't clear out. And so, like, and you get a perfectly clear. Oh, son of a 
in front of everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I hate yeah. it. But this, like, I mean, I hear you and I will try to be forgiving, but I feel like this is milk. Like milk needs to behave a certain way. Otherwise I'm going to be very mad at it. Yeah. Um, so I need to, I need to kind of understand what happened. Okay. Um, so how far away was it? And without, obviously you're not going to name it, but like, this was can windy, you source it again? It was windy Connecticut. Uh, I'm gonna source it again. It's the wind. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it is the wind. You know, maybe you know, maybe maybe Nastasia yep. has a stink eye zone around where she lives, where she can throw the stink eye onto the milk and have it not yeah. boil over. I mean, yeah, and Mercury's Blackly. in retrograde, so we may we may need to take all these factors into consideration. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to source that milk again. I will, and then I will. you know somehow get word back, you know, to us what happened. I, I will. Yeah, because uh, repeatable weirdnesses are. Super interesting. Super interesting. I had another delightful. Actually, I had another non-repeatable thing. I okay. My my family is against microwaving uh, things in plastic. Which whatever. I don't want really want to get into it. But like like quart containers are made of polypropylene, and you know they can withstand like a good bit of temperature as opposed to polyethylene or these other things, right? Mm-hmm. So I was melting butter because that's what I do. I don't know. Get a pan dirty. What am I? Get a pan dirty for that? Like <laughs> find a mug. I don't know. What do you do, John? I'd probably put it in a quart container and put it in the microwave. Ding. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I put it in there, but, you know, I'm also super lazy, so I'm a one-button microwave guy. I, just, uh-huh. I hit the go button, and then I walk away. And I must have hit the wrong go button because, like, three minutes later, I was like, why is the microwave still going? And it hadn't boiled over, which, of course, butter typically does, but it had boiled up the sides, and it had turned to brown butter. I had accidentally made uh-huh. brown clarifi- clarified nice. brown butter in the microwave. And then I'm like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> but I was still like, you know, it was a nice, uh, it was a nice thing to brush on top of my biscuits. You know, did it melt the plastic? Depends on who you ask. Right. I don't think it melted the plastic. So all I, all I need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The biscuits were good though. I was using Sonora White, which is one of my favorite wheats. I've been now experimenting with a lot of Sonora. It's expensive though. It's expensive mm. wheat. Mm. Uh, what about you guys? Uh, what are you with, Stas? You got anything? No, no. No, just the wind? Just you and the wind? Yeah. Yeah. What do yeah. you like to eat on a, like a windy night? Pasta? <laughs> Let me guess. Oh, I don't, I really, I don't know. I don't know. It all sucks because of the wind. Hmm. What about, <laughs> what about a rainy night? Do you still love a rainy night? Did I put that song in your head? Have I poisoned your mind with that song? Yeah, I love it. It's fine, Dave. Right now, we're not. I'm. We're not really eating. I'm not really. Eat, we're. We have other problems than, no. than like me thinking about on you. Our business, okay. yeah, but not for, not for this one hour a week. This one hour a week, we don't have those sort of business problems. <laughs> well, I really indulge uh, myself on rainy nights, and yeah, I go like full yeah. like cooking mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. What about you, Jack? <laughs> I. I um my uh, I impressed my girlfriend with this year's all too. That's what just happened. Nice. Um, she's always looking at it like, what? I don't get it. Like, yeah, a sous vide, but why would I want one? Mm. And then we had sort of you know wood fire pizza at a restaurant and came home with some leftovers. And I was like, aha, the perfect moment to flex to you why you need a Sears all, and everybody does. I, I, and reheated the pizza, and she was like, "Oh my god, this is better than it was at the restaurant." I appreciate like, yeah, you. There you go. I appreciate you, Jack. Although for like one small moment, 
I thought you were going to whip out of like, like you had some sort of like fanny pack or something with the whole torch rig in it. And at the restaurant, you're like, hold on a minute. And like doing it at the restaurant. That would be, that would be intense. Get you kicked out, but it would be, would it be intense. Definitely get you kicked out. Yeah. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Even like Nastasi and I at the height of our like bad behavior at Roberta's Pizzeria never went that far. Right, Stas? Oh, that would have that been great. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. hold on, let me fix this for you. Because the thing with the wood fired <laughs> pizza, especially, is like, it, it's it's so time sensitive. If you don't eat that thing in the first like five minutes, it's chewy. Gross. I, I don't know. So to yeah. you, to you, it is kinda that needs the sears all table side. <laughs> to you, is that an inherent flaw, or is that couple of minutes where it is the way it is before it ha- that happens to it worth the worth it to you? For me, inherent flaw. I'm, mm. I'm like, funny enough, like not a huge fan of that style of pizza for that reason. Huh. Okay. I think this is something, you know, that, you know, reasonable people can have disagreements about, I think. You know? Yes. No, no right answer, wrong yes. answer. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Quinn? You got anything for me? Uh, I got two little things. Okay. One, I actually did a little yogurt project yesterday, kind of. I had some homemade, like, heavily, heavily strained yogurt. And I actually used that as the curdling acid for a mini batch of ricotta, and it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like a whole milk, like a you get good milk up there in the great yeah, north well, northwest west. I didn't get I didn't get the fanciest milk. I got like mid tier milk, but yeah, it was good. So and I also made right. Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, what's mid tier milk to you? Okay, it's like the big brand, but it's the organic one. So wait. Okay, can I tell you something? People are going to get really pissed off. Booker bought, with my credit card, an organic milk. And when I looked at it, I said to him, you just paid extra money for a label. Those people don't care about their product. And he was like, what? I'm like, you just threw money into a toilet. I don't know, but I think I'm not the right person because I get like I only, I only will pay extra if I feel somebody cares about their product. But that's me. But you think these people cared about their? Is it, you know, for you, mid tier, is it mean that you bought organic, or you think you bought something where they at least moderately cared? Yeah, both. Uh, like again, there is a like medium sized brand of um, grass fed milk that's relatively local. Mm-hmm. I usually try to get that if I'm doing like a serious milk project, but they didn't have it in stock at the time. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Did I leave anyone out? Anyone's got anything? John, did I leave you out? Yeah. I went out the other night. I don't know. This is more like a question, I guess. When does a martini stop being a martini? So specifically, I went to this place and they had this whole martini menu. Mm. Vodka, vanilla, clarified passion fruit, lime, sherry, and sparkling wine. Like, that's not a martini, right? No. 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 It's, yeah. No. 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 Uh, although, listen, there's a couple of things. There's a few things that I hate more than semantic discussions of cocktail names. <laughs> especially as it relates to what is what particular cocktail and what is not. Because then, like, you know, at the end of the day, everything is either a martini. Yeah. So, sometimes people split things into, well, there's there's a martini in a Manhattan, and then everything else is a daiquiri, basically. 
uh, you know, or maybe some people split off a margarita because it's got a liquor modifier. It's like, well, that's all. I'm like, no, you're all dunces. It's it's <laughs> like, you know, certain combinations of like sugar, acid and alcohol, uh, you know, I don't know. But like to me, like a martini should be something that is a martini. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it was uh... like to me, an espresso martini, not in a martini, not a martini. Yeah. Nothing to do with a martini. Agreed. Glass. I think for like, like the thing is like people, I think a lot of people think a martini is anything that's served in that glass, which I also hate that glass. <laughs> oh, I hate that glass. Homie, you like those glasses, martini glasses? I'm a, I'm a big tradition, like I like a show, so that yeah. glass is so showy. Uh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a spill waiting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But like a coffee cup is a spill waiting to happen well, for me too. I'm not right. to be trusted oh, with anything. All right. That's fair. You know what the one good thing I'll say about a martini glass is? That uh, it is relatively, if you are mixing while you are intoxicated, it is relatively um, insensitive to you messing up your measurements because you can add a little bit more or a little bit less to a martini glass. And because it is such a cone, right, that last little bit of, of glass can absorb a lot of extra stuff and so it's easier to get a passable looking wash line in um in a martini glass everything else i hate about them oh do you like them when they have goofy goofy stems like little zigzag goofy stems no, i find that tacky yeah. horrible yeah. yeah right that's that's a bridge too far for me oh, good. yeah i'm glad yeah. that there is a bridge i have a line i have one line yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. okay uh yeah so i'm, I'm with you did uh, whoever you were with disagree with you john no, no, they were all kind of agreeing, but it was just, I don't know, it was, yeah. I mean, look, I think that you can take something like a martini, and if you, like, put a splash of sherry in it, as opposed to, like, the vermouth, depending on which sherry you use, I mean, whatever, that's close, you know yeah, what I mean? like sparkling Prosecco. No, 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 fruit. no, no, yeah, no, no. I thought you were going to say, when does a martini stop being a martini, and it's, like, after about five minutes when it warms up. Yeah, that's true, too. Like the pizza. Yeah, yeah then yeah. it becomes filth. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> which is why I feel that martinis should be short and, and you know, drunk in a snappy fashion. You yeah. Know? What about you, Joe? You got anything for us? No? Slow slow food week? Uh, all right. All right. I feel like, you know, sometimes you come in with, like a, with like, a, like, a strong, sometimes you come in with, like, a strong food something. You know what I mean? Not this week, no. Just, you know, usually you're, you know. I've been making a lot of food for my son. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, uh, do you know that Nastasi and I believe that there is a market for our centrifuge in baby food, but because I'm terrible at making claims for things, we haven't figured out what that market is. Would you say that's right, Nastasia? Yeah. 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 It is. Okay, check it. So, like, if you take... So, you know how you strain yogurt, mm -hmm. obviously, since you have a yogurt company? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on. So, <clears throat> you can do the same thing to fruit. Mm -hmm. Where you blend the fruit up, and you, I know you're anti-centrifuge. We'll get into it in terms of taking whey out of yogurt. But you can, you can blend the fruit, and then instead of juicing it, even like purees, you can spin it in a centrifuge, and the juice comes off the top, and what's left over is like God's baby food. It's Pulp. like, yeah. But it, yeah, but like the pectin's been wiped out, so it's like hyper smooth. Makes, makes, makes Gerber look like fools. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's just like, it would only be for the fanciest of babies. 
of course, everyone wants to think their baby's yeah. fancy. Every every baby's fancy. Yeah. yeah. But I find it kind of repugnant to try to make people feel guilty about one more thing when they're a parent. Sure. You know? That you're not giving them the fanciest. Yeah, you're not baby. giving yeah. your... You didn't centrifuge your baby pump. Yeah, so you're a bad mom. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, my God. It's, it, there's fewer, fewer things worse than putting Shame. more guilt on it, yeah. onto a mom. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. And let's face it, or it's going to be the mom. Nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten, you're making the mom feel guilty because... And it's, well, it's sexist, but dad's not going to give as much of a crap as the mom. It's just historically true, I would guess. Yeah. Just by being here, my kids are eating crap right now that's all right <laughs> all right michael's doing his best <laughs> all right okay so uh let's get to the book now the book is called well first of all let's let's how am i going to get into this how am i going to get into this so first of all talk about the company because a lot of people know or it, you don't ship far right so you have to be kind of in this region to know uh white mustache that's part of the the shtick, first of all, named after your dad's. Apparently, your dad has a luxurious, amazing mustache. Yes. Yeah. He has a big white handlebar mustache. He's had it my whole life. I'm 44. And if you got rid of it, it would be heartbreak. I wouldn't even recognize him. Does it look similar to the one that's on the yogurt? Yeah. It's, a, it's identical. It was like, you know, totally molded after his his look. Does, um, he, does he have to Does he have to apply wax? Oh, yeah, I have a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Does he um, have to apply wax or anything to it? He... He uses a special silver shampoo now. We get it for him so he can just keep it up. You can kind of see it here in profile. I'll put up a picture. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. But he always, like, regularly has turmeric or beet juice stains on it. He's he's not very very on brand. (laughs) (laughs) So it can be a yellow mustache from time to time? There he is. Does he ever? Oh, that's so strong. Yeah. That is a strong. Yeah. No. Does he ever eat beet juice on one side of his face and turmeric on the other and do like a Harley Quinn kind of a situation? No, but my kids have recently watched the Lorax, and so now he's very committed to getting some color in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't eat the, the Lorax. That how old are your kids? Three and four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have him watch that the original Lorax, or the BS new one with the songs. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was new. It was. I thought it was good. Did it have a lot of songs and a lot of modern animation, or was it more like 22 minutes long and, you know, I'm the Lorax, I speak for the trees, and that's pretty much it? I don't remember. Mm. Yeah. I'm very, I like the old Lorax, but I'm old. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah? That's yeah. how it goes. I only watched, like, in the background, I was like, this is my one chance to do laundry. So yeah. I was, you know. I get you. I get you. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so... Uh, you have this yogurt company, and uh, although uh, it's like super fancy, I'm just gonna say that. I know that, like, when I was talking to our publisher, to our editor rather, uh, I was like, "Yo, that she's like super fancy," and she, and and Melanie, our our editor, was like, "No, no, 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 yeah, yeah, no." <laughs> she's real basic. She's not fancy at <laughs> no, all. <laughs> well, you know, fancy in a bad way, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. I, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, you know, it costs what it costs because of how you do it. Yeah. And it's in a nice glass jar. So yeah. it has the appearance of being, it, it has the hallmarks of being a very fancy product. Yeah. yeah. And I, I appreciate that. And I, I, um, I think I love the process so much and revere the process so much that fed every decision on how to present it because I also didn't know how to like, bring it to your house in like a big tub, which is what I actually want to do. 
And so if I'm going to put it on shelves and ask you to have this be a part of your DNA, I'm going to make it really as special as the three day process that it takes to make it is. And that was, you know, that was what informed it. And I could see how it comes off as being very special. And the price is also like very luxurious. And um, there have been times during my journey in making white massage, I haven't been able to afford my own yogurt on the shelves. And I get that. Um, I've learned a lot about how groceries are priced. Um, much of it is not in my control, especially when I can't um, supply the amount that is on demand. So uh, just a lot, a lot of factors that go into it. But yeah, I am a little upset that the impression is that it's fancy when my whole life this was made as common. And, yeah. you know, um, well, maybe that's I teach just me. you maybe to that's... make it as, as a very special thing yeah. but to make it regular to make it normal i mean maybe that's just maybe that's just me but because i'm I, as i said earlier well-known bad person but like uh i think it's interesting to hear you like talk about it this is also kind of reading the book you get uh in the in the first section is <clears throat> an interesting kind of history of um one of the histories you bring because there's several histories in the book but one of the histories is the history of the company itself right so uh, you know, quickly, you're a lawyer mm -hmm. in 2008, like, you know, you get laid off and you are trying to figure out what to do. Am I, tell me when I'm get this wrong. And you're like, oh, um, you reconnected with starting to make this yogurt. You're living in California at the time. Right. Correct. Um, and, uh, oh, you got to tell, you got to tell this next story. So you, you, you basically have been out of, you know, a normal job other than working on an avocado farm or whatever you were doing. Yeah, you really worked on an avocado farm in the off-season? I did. I did. What work is there to do on avocados in the off-season? I just chain-smoked and was really depressed for three months. It was terrible. But did was... they pay you to do that? No. they. I mean, if there was work, they would have. But, like, I just kind of was, like, hanging. And, like, the owner was this, like, older couple and they were lonely and they were like cool somebody wants to hang out on this little casita on the property and it was just all very poorly informed and I was just looking for something different so I wouldn't get sucked back into like a legal career um in in New York City yeah and it was like court you were like a corporate law. I was a corporate like a couple blocks away from here yeah um I was doing securities and derivatives I was really bad at my job, actually, but I enjoyed it. Like, I thought, like, like you know, this was my hallmark of having made it. Right. And, um, you know, got go work in a fancy office with a fancy salary and fancy clothing. Um, and I just, once I got laid off, I was like, please don't go back there. Like, don't do it. Like, find something else. Well, well, the avocado farm was just my portal into... Right, that just seems such a random portal. Fun, interesting, but you think it's going to be interesting, I guess, and it's not. No, yeah. it was, it was, it was, it was very disappointing. Um, well, so you, yeah. you know, you said in the talk that I saw you give and in the book, the various reasons why you think you felt compelled to succeed in a very public, visible way uh, as a lawyer. Right? Um, I don't know how much you want to talk about that and how, like, because now you have obviously a very good success in what you're doing now uh like how you see that is kind of different like in terms of what you write in the book it seems that your success in this is built around something that is important to you and to your core as a person and not as just an external sign of success which is like you know my impression of what you felt about what you were doing 
somewhat self-imposed, somewhat societally imposed. Didn't seem to come from your parents in the book. No. I, I, I think, yeah, I wish it came from my parents. I could blame them for it, and this would be real easy and fun for me. But I think I internalized an idea of what success meant and what making. And I just, like, I came here from Iran at the age of seven, and I immediately developed, like, almost like a chip on my shoulder that I had to prove that I belonged here, that I proved that I was worthy, um, that I had proved that I deserved a seat and like that just led to overachieving at school, overachieve to get like the A plus, to get like, you know, into a good school. And I like latched onto this identity as an attorney or this identity as like, you know, uh, a lifestyle. Um, and I achieved it. And it was it was like almost like blindly following that. And then once I got laid off, like I looked for any reason, like it was almost like a spiritual thing for me. Like the avocado farm was a desperate plea for help. And the yogurt is one, like it just weaves every part of my very complicated identity and background and skill set into something that is, I feel like is so worth sharing with others and is so rewarding and is so difficult to do every day but kind of like it just completely consumes me and I feel so grateful having it's like finding someone you've like fallen in love with and you're like holy crap this is incredible um and I never gave myself that chance before because I just had this tight iron grip on some like weird notion that I imposed on myself um I mean it's kind of sad kind of happy kind of Whatever it is, what it is. Uh, well, it's it's also interesting. You write that when you were you know casting about for things to do in you know between two oh eight and twenty eleven, mm-hmm. that like you know you hadn't considered yogurt before because it was just like it was like always there. It was yeah. not for you, you know, like yeah. for you know culturally in your family, it's just always there, and so like it wasn't. But then it became kind of this amazing thing to you know, kind of reconnect these stories with your dad, like sitting around, like, you know, him telling you about, you know, the sandwich shop that he, you know, uh, I guess used to work in or, mm-hmm. you know, and so like it became this way. And so part of what I think is interesting, what the book is really about is like, here's, you know, you starting this business, reconnecting yourself to yourself and to your past. In fact, and we brought this up and even though there's no cursing <clears throat> on the show, at least not if we can help it, uh, I like also that you have this uh, amazing um, on your – these are end papers, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. This amazing – and you said you held up publication of the book so you could get rights for it? It what, Yeah, and this is a very traditional like um, tablecloth. I think I've seen this in every Iranian household and it just like screams food to me, like put food on this table. Oh, really? So yeah. you see this and you're like, I'm getting ready to eat? Yeah, this like tablecloth to me, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's from the Victorian Albert – uh, museum. Love the VNA. Yeah. It's just a beautiful end paper and we waited and um yeah, Norton was incredible in what was I looking them. up. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cursing my See, children. You help me. Most of the time when I forget my train of thought, people can't help me. They don't remember what my train of thought was, but yeah. you do. Yeah, I'm I'm come yeah, back anytime. Is- <laughs> uh all right. So <clears throat> this book well you want to you read it. About you all of it? F, you say just Oh right, use, I understand. Use F. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this is a dedication to the book. It says, this book is dedicated to all immigrants who are with humility, grace, and a, re- 
a relentless sense of humor, constantly explaining themselves to others and to my daughters in whose strong and beautiful hands I place the responsibility, joy, and privilege of carrying on our traditions. Don't F it up. Yeah. And so, like, and that's, you know, throughout the book, it's, it's, uh, that mix of like tradition, self-deprecation and also, but this, I'm serious. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and I think I struggled with the don't F it up. Cause I was like, one day my kids are actually going to read this and what kind of relationship am I going to have with them when they do? But I also think, so my family is Zoroastrian and it's a, an Iranian Zoroastrian and it's a group of, uh, it's a religious minority and also like an ethnic identity. Like there's a language, there's a food, there's music, there's songs, there's history that are very particular to this group of people. And I have felt like the whatever the positive word for burden is of carrying these traditions on and, and knowing that they're going to be either diluted or disappear with me like I might my my kids are probably not going to speak the dialect of daddy that I speak and know and I've felt this pain my whole life and this like sadness around this my whole life and I I don't know how I'm going to teach or talk about it to my kids but I want it to be light a little bit and it's almost like I want to share my story and these stories more for you and for my peers and for people I've grown up with and other Americans to just like share these stories that you may never otherwise not have access to and how I bring my kids into it and how I decide to hold on and teach and carry and preserve is like a journey that I'm still figuring out and will figure out. But like, as I was, I was like, you know, I want to write this book as authentically, authentically, authentically as this like Iranian Zoroastrian experience as possible to honor my other peers who I think have have felt this way um, in the Iranian Zoroastrian community. But then also like give you kind of like a fly on the wall look into like this world. And, you know, I have I have the tool of food and I have the tool of language and that's kind of it. And, you know. I hope parts of it are funny. I hope parts of it are, you know, skeptical. I, you know, I just wanted to just, uh, the, the feelings thing you said earlier was like, I was like, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want this to be sappy and cheesy and like really about, about like the human experience that I can only like safely tell my story through the language of food. Right. I mean, I know almost nothing about Zoroastrianism, like almost nothing. Why would you? I mean, yeah. like, uh, and you know, what I didn't realize is that even though it hasn't been the state religion there, you know, in what is it? 1700 years, 1400, 1400 years, 1400 years about, it hasn't been the state religion that it's still a lot of the cultural under, underpinnings of like the culture of Iran is still, Zoroastrian base. Do you want to talk about that like a, a little bit? Because I, I didn't know about that like at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Zoroastrianism was one of the first monotheistic religions of, of the world. And it was the religion of the Persian Empire when it was like this vast empire. And now the Persian Empire has dwindled into modern day Iran. And, you know, this is why like 
Iranian culture, Persian culture is different than its bordering Arab cultures. Um, it's very much rooted in its Zoroastrian heritage. So something like Noruz, which is the first day of spring, which marks our like the first day of our calendar, is based on the seasons. It's the spring equinox. And every Zoroastrian holiday is about the seasons. There's six gambars which celebrate harvests. Every equinox and every uh, solstice, we have a big holiday on. And these were ways for people in the past to like mark time, to just get through the darkest night of the winter, to think about food and feeding each other, to get ready for spring, um, you know, to slaughter their animals, to harvest their pomegranates. Um, and to mark the time together as community. Right. But, the, you know, that when you were talking before, you were saying there's like a lot of things that are just <clears throat> without taking on religious aspects, kind of n- good things to do, like uh, a new year that you were talking about visiting. Yeah. Yeah. So the Persian New Year, there's a tradition. And so the New Year in Iran lasts like a whole month. Um, and there's a very lovely tradition called Didobazdid. And it literally means, like, see and be seen. Um, So we invented that a long time ago. Um, But, like, you go—first you go to the homes of your elders and anybody who's lost a family member. So any home that's in mourning or in grieving. And, you know, so you visit them first in your community. And then it's just, like, a free-for-all of visiting and being a host. So, like, both— a guest and a host kind of like have equal weight and it's an honor to be both of those kind of roles and that lasts for a whole month and like to me it's just so obvious like a, a, a an obvious behavior like it's springtime you've spent all winter like and you like just like the sprouts come up you go out and you visit and it's just like um it's very in tune with nature which i mean even i myself have lost track of over there's also like a treat yourself aspect right like get a pair get some clothes yeah you get your brand new clothes treat um treat yourself um you get good food um yeah the the rice and the fish to mark the the first day of the new year so you know if you get the book you had this or the like the interesting of uh i think we used to do the same thing also not to the same level like uh what's the name for the the culture of refusing and then being offered like a million times oh taught off yeah yeah. My husband doesn't like he refuses to do tarof and I like horrified by it. like he'll take the last piece of like a cake or or someone offers him something and he'll immediately take it. And I'm like, oh, God. Um, but then I like I try to explain it to him. I'm like, you know what? This is, this is not going to make any sense. But you have to say like, you know, like a little bit of a, a dance. Um, yeah, we used to do it. It's like two or three times depending on like how formal things were going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want some more? You want some more? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But like, yeah. yeah. Come um, on, but then have some. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, we eat like three plates of it and I offer you a fourth and you I'm like, oh, you didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You yeah, didn't yeah. like it. Oh, you didn't lick that yogurt jar. Oh, you didn't like yeah. it. Mm, all right. Do you take offense when people don't uh, fully clean out the yogurt jar, especially because you had to work so hard to make it? Well, it's because I've seen people lick the yogurt jars. Right. So now when I see them not do, I was like, Wait, but what? Like, yeah. um, but I, I'm crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Uh, well, so and so back to this, like one one more time. Yeah. Um, the other thing that kind of runs through it, and you you were saying a kind of a 
you know, telling telling your kids they have to carry on the tradition, don't f it up, is yeah. this sense of sadness of the dwindling of the community. There are only you say I, I'm going to say off the top of my head around twenty thousand Zoroastrians left in uh, in Iran. More worldwide, but right. uh, and uh, from what I can gather on the internet's uh, not a proselytizing religion, so not growing uh, really even in the diaspora. Yeah. So this like worry, as you say, that this kind of like old vibrant culture and whose food you you know highlight here so well, along with some new recipes because you need to use the way. We'll get into that in a minute, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's got to feel like a big responsibility, no? Yeah, and like you know, I I think I've I've embraced like my struggle with it with like the way and evolving and new recipes, and there is a large Parsi community, which is the Indian Zoroastrians, and I do think that the the youth of the community is evolving, is adapting, is and 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 I think that like that's all very wonderful, but there is this very small Iranian Zoroastrian community. Um, and I, 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 I feel just the, a, a little bit of like an artificialness and keeping up our traditions in the diaspora. Like it's, it's all so connected to the land and it's all so connected to, um, Behavior like we, I'm not harvesting pomegranates every October. You know, I'm not. That would be a lot. Yeah, it would be a lot. And even like Noru's, like so many years is like fallen in the middle of finals week or whatever it is. Um, yeah, yeah, but you also give me the, just, like there's a lot of FOMO stuff here. Like freaking, you're like if you if you take pomegranates, if you don't uh, if you don't <laughs> drink the juice right away, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like you know, yeah. how many of us can juice the pomegranate? Like, right away, because we're buying crappy pomegranates here anyway. Right, but you told me yourself that, like, after five minutes, that pizza's crap and yes, that mar- yes. mar- martini's trash. Yes, but so, now I want know? the real. Now yeah. I want the real. Mm-hmm. Well, you were saying you used to save, mm-hmm. uh, you'd save the pomegranates they could keep, and then the ones with splits, you would do the juice right away to make the uh, the molasses. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, the, yeah, so you drink it, and then you make the molasses, because you're just doing piles and piles of it. And it's all done in, like, it just like obscene community bulk. Like that pot is huge. And it's on like this enormous like wood fire and somebody's tending to it for like 24 hours because it has to reduce by like over 50%. And then and every- I'm sure you can scorch it if you're not careful. Yeah, you could scorch it if you're not careful as it gets thicker. Any brands that you recommend as being okay? Uh, for the pomegranate molasses? Yeah. Um, yeah, middle like Sadaf always Fine. does a really yeah. good job. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. Yep. All right. So now let's get to the yogurt so I don't run out of time on the yogurt. So, you know, again, going back to what you were saying about, you know, uh, you realize that, um, you know, the product is not cheap, right? Be- uh, not that you're charging just because you can, but, you know, you're making it all by hand. You're putting in glass. You're distributing it locally. You also will not make more yogurt. And this is, by the way, right, I need to get to the yogurt. Let's do the yogurt first. We'll do the yogurt. <laughs> you do the yogurt. So you give instructions for making the yogurt yep. the way that you actually do it. Yep. Smaller batch, but the way you actually do it. And you're like, don't attempt to make yogurt less than a gallon. You don't like uh, machines that make yogurt. Correct. Like the old salt in, remember that? The little you're, containers. Little cups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's, who, what are you going to do with this? Anyway, yeah. like little cups. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're anti that. You don't use temperature control. Correct. And in fact, 
So you're, you know, you're using a lot of retained heat, right? So, you know, you're, ba- you're roughly speaking, your batch is a gallon. You boil it. We were talking earlier about you boiling milk. You boil it, and then you let it cool down. You do not give a temperature for the milk in the book. This gives me immense agita. And you say into it, which is true, that all of our, you know, pinkies are pretty well calibrated. And you do a pinky test. I believe it's a three-second pinky test. I don't do a pinky test. Generations of humans have done. I'm just sharing what I've learned. Got this it. is not mine. Got it. Okay. And it's, I, I forget the exact words you use. It's like th- comfortably for three seconds. Is Comf- it's not a masochistic test. That's the problem. Yeah. I know. I don't understand what comfort is. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I can't, it, like, I'm like, Ugh. like, honestly, <laughs> like, I do tests where it's like, until it's so painful you can't keep it in anymore. Like, that's how I work a test because mm-hmm. to me, like, that's pretty much, that's a more, like, comfortable. What does comfortable mean? I'm never comfortable. Right. What does it mean? I, I invite you to be up. All right. So, t- tell, me, tell me where this is. So, yeah, I say things like... I have a cup of hot water. For those of you that can't see yeah. on the Patreon, I have a cup of hot water here. He's going to make me put my finger yeah, in it. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, sadist. No, too hot. Too hot. Yeah. So And also, I will point out, this uh-huh. is a plastic cup. Okay. And so, like, my body feels that. And so I know that, like, if I were to inoculate this with, like, bacteria... It's going to be different. It's like the temperature dissipates differently. That's why I say glass bowl, ceramic bowl. And then we're going to put like the blankets over. So it's like the pinky test is important. But then like wrapping it up and letting it like retain its like natural. Yeah. 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 No, no, for sure. No, I'm I'm, I'm disagree. You're getting a thermal mass in there. You're heating up the thermal mass with the milk so that it stays at that temperature. And you're wrapping with a bunch of blankets. I'm with you. But talk about it like it's still milk. Talk about it like it's still like this maternal nutrition that some cow parted with. Like I I will not I will not G chat robot this process for us. I yeah, won't do yeah. it. I just um, I just need so this is too hot on a second. Yeah. So that's not comfortable anymore? Would you put your baby in that? Oh, that's what comfort is? Mm, well, you know. They didn't let me bathe my kids. It's too hot. That's too hot? It's too hot. All right. Wait, so you're talking like baby bath water comfort. Baby bath water. Okay. Okay. So like well And also bo- notice how like on this one in particular, the top, like I can be yeah, okay yeah, yeah. on the top. But if you go a little bit, like your baby's feet would be boiling. You'd be pissed, baby. Yeah. I would no, say, no amount of fancy pulp food is going to make up for putting your baby in that. So like, you know, once the kids could talk, they would just say, yeah, that's too hot. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? Oh, see, like, I would have thought that that is, I don't know. Yeah, we're still, we're 134. Let's see where we are right at the end of the show. You keep, you tell me when you're close. (laughs) I want to see where we are just so that I don't, so I'm sure there's someone out there like me who just gets very anxious without, like, a number to pin their life on. Tell me why. You don't want to get it wrong. Uh, You... I just... I I can answer also. uh, Okay. (laughs) What what do you got, Quinn? (laughs) Well, my issue is I'm not doing it. Oh. I'm telling people what to do. Right, because Quinn, Quinn is, has to have other people like do the actual physical cooking for him. So he has to then explain to somebody else, and he might not have a personal reference for it. Ah, Quinn but has a different need for a temperature never, than I do. I, I, can't do a, I can't do a pinky test. 
Right. Yeah, it's true. I mean, but I guess in the theory of the book, you could have the person who's doing it do the pinky test, but then you're disconnected yeah, but from it one more thing. Right. right. How do you know if yeah. they're right? That's true. That's true, Quinn. We're going to help you today, Quinn, because I have, I have Chris Young's combustion engineering thermometer here, which is the most accurate one I could muster, and a cup of water. I'm going to get you a number, Quinn. She doesn't have to sign off on it, but we're going to get you a number. Anyway, I see the validity of both sides. I get No, no, it's fair. I, you know, and, and to me, I, yeah, I, I think we lose something about intuitive intelligence when we, like, when we nail down a temperature in, like, if you nail down a temperature in this, it's going to all roughly be the same. So it really doesn't matter, actually. Um, but whether you do it in this bowl or a different bowl or another bowl, like, I want, I really want you to know how to do this anywhere you go. Um, in any bowl with any milk, which apparently might be suspect given my experience last week. Um, but, like, if you've taken a bath, if you've comfortably have a heartbeat that has your body temperature at a regular temp, like... You can be at one with this milk. Um, and I know I sound obnoxious to scientists, and I, I embrace your anxiety. Yeah, so um, what it is for me is, is that, like, I'm okay doing it that way once I have a gauge. You know, mm. once, once, I, once, I, once I understand, once, once we're talking the same language, I'm okay. Like, I don't use a thermometer most of the time when I'm cooking, you know? Right. But the thermometer comes first. The, the 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 benchmark comes it's another like so like a lot of these recipes yeah. that uh, I need to talk, get to the yeah. listener questions first but like a lot of these recipes you read them like oh my god I want to taste that but also I know that if I make it it's not it might be delicious but I can't say I've had it because I haven't had the benchmark mm. do you know what I'm saying so like I can make something that's delicious like like the the meatballs with the pomegranate molasses and the walnuts I'm like that sounds delicious right. I can make that right. is it gonna be right. is it gonna would you like it? Probably not. Yeah. You know what I but mean? But I mean, I think this is what's difficult about cooking from a, a book in general. Like, I feel like I can, like, we're doing this human to human, right? right. And we're going to get to, like, something, and I'm explaining it, and I'm showing, and you're, like, watching my face, and I'm putting this, like, same thing with the meatball and the pomegranate. Like, if we were to make that side by side, you would learn so much of, like, my intuitive techniques of making even the stupid meatballs and the size and, like, how I stew it and when I stew it. You just learn so much more than I could ever impart, even, like, for my kids, you know? So you are going to F it up, but it's it's about almost imparting the stories and, and the feelings. And then when, like, say you, you eat it, like, even eating it is going to inform you on how to make it. Um... And What's that dish called again? That's your sister's favorite. Pesenjun, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to, let's get to the uh, listener question so that I, so that I don't. Uh, but remind me, we got to talk about these ingredients that are mislabeled, like the Iranian shallot. Oh yes, it's just semantics, but yes. But yeah, but people big, big say deal. shallot, and you say it doesn't taste like a shallot. Isn't a shallot? Don't yeah. call it a shallot. Why call it a shallot? It's familiarity and access. Mus- wait, musir. 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 Now I want. But that you can buy. Yes. Sadaf online. Okay. All right. Uh, from misplaced enthusiasm. Question. Um, oh, my God. It blurred out. Oh, my God. Uh, Quinn, get the question from misplaced enthusiasm up. It blurred out on my printout. All right. Uh, you got again, it? Again, there was a reference 
is a really nervous issue here. There's a reference to some Reddit post where someone threw out their partner's yogurt collection, and they were wondering if Iranian yogurt would be illegal to import, like, from Iran. Well, you want to talk about how you got shut down in freaking California? Well, I did get, but, like, that was California law in terms of bringing things over from Iran. I feel like that's a sanctions question out of my depth. Um, I would say no. (laughs) But are there other yogurts that are imported that aren't manufactured here? From Iran? No, from anywhere. Like, are, are they, are like, the yogurts that are quote-unquote oh. French, are they actually French or are they from here? I think, I actually think most, I don't think yogurt gets imported. I think it gets made here. Um, yeah. But um, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm not 100% sure. The sanctions the, on the Iranian products is, is nuts. Hard, we used to yeah. get such good stuff for that couple of years. The in like pistachios. The, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he he died last year, but uh, you know Beirush Shafiri used to bring these amazing uh, uh, Sharifi. I always forget. Anyway, he used to bring these amazing products in, like these mm-hmm. weird like. Remember the mana he used to bring, Stas? Yep, yeah, I do. Beirush was a, he was an interesting cat. Biked around, biked mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, all right, from Fup Jack, what can I? So what was it? So Quinn, was there an answer there, or just wanted to comment on? Is it possible? To yeah, there's a comment. Yeah. So, you know, having been, having had yogurt, you know, back there and here, if they're having your product, how close is it to the stuff that you would have over there? I think it's, it, it, just the way we eat it in Iran is so different because we eat it savory. And here I've presented it mostly with fruit on the bottom. And so our preserves are all Iranian, like sour cherry, date, quince, um, an orange blossom honey. But when we have yogurt, we eat it. Uh, savory or plain and like very saucy consistency. So we have a Persian yogurt that's not strained and we douse our food for it. So it's for lunch and dinner that we eat yogurt. Rarely ever. Now, never for breakfast. Now I want this, uh, the moussier, yes. the shallot yogurt. Yeah. 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 I want that. I will I will be more than happy to get it for you. Uh, Fupjack writes in, what can I do with leftover whey? I know there's suggestions in the Yogurt Whey book and I have it. They've ordered it. It'll be in their hands soon. I'm always looking for more ideas because there's always extra whey. Well, that's the whole book. That's the whole, the whole book. book. But like brining, anytime you use buttermilk, you're throwing in whey. Yeah. Why don't you put salt in with the whey when you're using it as brine? Why not salt? Because my buttermilk brines have salt in it. Yeah, it's... I want to keep the probiotics alive and I don't want to salt them out. And also, I don't think the salt is necessary at all. Because when I brine the turkey, like sometimes when I salt brine a turkey, those drippings are too salty for me to use. But if I just use a whey brine, those drippings are like very accessible and tangy and like already acidic. I feel like I could sit here and have an in-depth argument on the drippings problem sure. for another two hours. So I will not even <laughs> start. Uh, Jared Johnson, uh, my yogurt, which I started from kefir, was initially great. But after a while, subsequent batches have a smell a little bit like blue cheese. How do I discourage these organisms that make this flavor? And you talked about this in your, in your talk about cultures reusing it too many times. Yeah, so kefir confuses me a little bit because my understanding of kefir and the difference between kefir and, and yogurt is that yogurt is with a bacteria starter and kefir is with a fungal starter. 
Well, kefir is a little bit of everything, I think. Yeah, and and uh, yeah. Um, She paused not because she was she was testing the water again for me. I made her test the water while she was talking. Sorry. Yeah. Um, It's just. but you had the a plastic cup is really throwing me. Yeah, stir it for uh. you. Had, you had a number though on how how many times you'll reuse it. Oh, for, for, so for yogurt, I'm gonna leave the kefir part aside. Um, but for yogurt using probiotic bacteria probiotics, I really don't like using it more than 30 times from uh, like previous batches. I find the yogurt gets very very stretchy. Um, but if it's turning into blue cheese, that's like a that's a mold issue, um, and I'm actually not that familiar with kefir fungal grains. So, but you're saying no matter what, like there's an upper limit. There is an upper. It's not like sourdough or what I've heard of that sourdough. Yeah. Although um, uh, you also, like I say, in the book, uh, back to Fubjack, basically mm-hmm. in this book you're like biscuits uh, instead of buttermilk. How about way? Yeah. Uh, pancakes. Yeah. How, how about how about how about way? Faux sourdough instead of using spence. I use spent because I have a lot of spent sourdough stuff. How about way instead? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I do. And it's like so wild because I'm such a traditionalist about the yogurt, but I'm like ceviche with whey, cocktails with whey, like really go nuts with this whey. Right, but you're using sushi grade because the acidity, it's not nearly as acidic. Correct. It's like not a couple nearly of magnitude. Correct. All right, we still got time. We're still going. Uh, what's, uh, Chaz wants to know what's your favorite mesophilic yogurt culture strain to buy, I guess. Oh, I don't. I, like, what should they buy when they're making their? Do you? I forget. Do you give recommendations on what to buy here? Buy plain yogurt and use that as your starter. One that you like. Yep, All and right. one that has as many strains. Like my yogurt has seven strains of bacteria in it. So, but only find a yogurt that has only milk and probiotics and use that as your starter. All right. Uh, any general ideas where your yogurt can be purchased? Uh, Manhattan and Brooklyn, and at the Eatily in Los Angeles. So when you, well, well, all right. So when you come into town. Uh, you know, look at it, look for it. Yeah. You know, and- uh, Mark Thomas wants to know, how can I get whey without a centrifuge? Now, I know you hate centrifuges for whey, but our centrifuges that we use don't do it the way that those industrial ones do. They get a very clear whey on top because it literally just, it doesn't, you're not forcing the whey through something. The whey is settling out on top. Does that make sense? Are you losing any of the yogurt on the metal, whatever? No. I'd, I'd like to see it. I've, um, and we'll do once once we get another batch in. We'll come. We'll we'll do one for you. Yeah. Uh, we'll do one for you. I like using fabric. I think it. I think it's good for both the yogurt and the whey. Right. So you should check out the book. And some things that we didn't get to talk about uh, that I was excited to talk about is this crazy black garlic pickle that you have that's two decades old that you then have a faster way to make it. This is not the black garlic that you guys are thinking about that comes out of Asia where it's cooked for a long time. It's literally like in vinegar for two decades. There's a faster way to do it with whey. Is that something I need to taste in my life? The the black vinegar, absolutely. What's it um, called again? Uh, Torshi sear? Sear, yeah. It's just black black. Vin- I, need, uh, I need that? Yeah. I need that yeah, in my life? Yeah, yeah, the other yeah, two yeah. ones are the... Uh, the yogurt uh, that is cooked down, and then you make a sauce. Where am I? I'm losing the name for Cash? it. Yeah, yeah. So that in my life, that you need in your life. It's and every form of yogurt you need in your and life. And then when you make that, you use whey. Then you super sour it. You mix it. You super sour it. You boil it. It breaks. You get another whey, and then you boil that down into like this, like almost like black caramel. Um, so you have the cash, which is the solids, and then you have the black brew. I don't, which I hate, but I had to include it because my cousin loves it and he disowned me. Um, but nice. it's very tart and tangy and like. And it's but you like, can't make that with normal. But you do have whey caramel in the book. Yes. 
Yeah, right. for and, sweets. Right, and so I'll leave it on this. I know we don't have time to talk about it, but you literally have limited your yogurt production because you will not make yogurt that you can't find a use for the whey, right? Yeah, I want my whey sales to drive my yogurt. All right, and we're going to taste goal. as soon as we leave. You brought some whey for us to taste. What's yeah. the difference? Uh, plain and pineapple. Plain and pineapple whey, so you can buy the whey where you can buy the yogurt. And I've been making some good cocktails with the whey because it foams very nicely. I've been making simple syrup with your whey, and it foams very, very nicely. Uh, obviously, we could talk more. Maybe we'll do a, an event together sometime. That would be incredible. Thanks for trying it. Uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I would do it. All right, cooking issue. Oh, wait, now 100 Fahrenheit, people. 100 Fahrenheit. We have now removed the soul from the yogurt. <laughs> cooking issues.